0: The Big Story from The Straits Times on FM 89.3
1: You're watching The Big Story with me, Chiaosu An. Subscribe to The Straits Times channel to stay up to date with our live news updates. Social media has become a permanent fixture in many of our lives, but it comes with its fair share of ills. With a new bill that has passed in Parliament, users in Singapore can soon expect a safer social media landscape here. The Online Safety Amendment Bill will introduce new legislation to allow the IMDA to step in should egregious content surface on social media. Social media companies will have to establish systems or processes to prevent Singapore users, particularly children, from assessing content that presents a material risk of significant harm, including violent, sexual or suicide-related content. They may also be ordered to remove content. The timeframe given will be stipulated on a case-by-case basis. Failure to comply with IMDA's direction could be an offence and is punishable by a fine of up to $1 million. The measures are expected to kick in as early as 2023. Minister for Communications and Information, Mrs Josephine Thieu, sat down with us to discuss the newly passed bill. Thank you so much for joining us today, Minister. Perhaps we can start at the very beginning. How did this bill even come about and was there a catalyst that prompted the government to act?
0: Well, if you ask a Singaporean you know, how they feel about, you know, walking on the streets at night. The findings are very clear. I think about 97% would say that they feel safe. But if you ask Singaporeans whether they are concerned about content that they come across online, actually a good 80% will say that they don't feel very comfortable. So there's a huge difference, a stark contrast. And if we ask ourselves why this might be the case, some kinds of content will come to mind. A few years ago, for example, there was a 14-year-old girl by the name of um, Molly Russell. She lived in the UK and she had taken her own life. And when the investigations, you know, took place, they uncovered thousands of images of self-harm that she had been looking at prior to her taking her own life. Every now and then, we also come across dangerous stunts, you know, blackout challenges, for example, that are being promoted. They are served to us as users on social media. And I think during COVID, some of us will still remember something that was religiously very insensitive. You know, there was a concern at one time that we were running out of toilet paper and a particular image had appeared where they put the Bible in the Quran and says, this is what you can use. And that is something that is very offensive to the religious communities in Singapore. So when we look at all these content and we ask ourselves, in spite of the fact that we have actually taken some steps to regulate the online space. Is it enough? And do we need to do more? I mean, some of us will still remember that um, Singapore was one of the first to introduce a personal data protection law. This happened all the way back in 2012. And then in 2020, we updated the law. In between, we've introduced POHA, the Protection Against Harassment Act. And we've also introduced POFMA, and this year, FICA. I think we have to understand that uh, in spite of these moves, from individuals' perspectives, from the perspective of communities, there are still issues concerning safety online, and we have to be willing to do more. So earlier you mentioned, you know, some of the
1: concerning content that is permeating the internet, whether it's dangerous content or religiously insensitive content. I mean, we know that social media is such a fast-moving space, and it's Always described as very difficult to regulate, right? So given how quickly some of these trends, products and services can emerge and how quickly a obscure fed or a post containing hate speech, just how quickly those can go viral just like that. You know, how do we ensure that the authorities are able to keep track of such a quickly evolving space, especially, you know, maybe some of the murkier corners of the internet that perhaps as adults, we're not quite as native to as perhaps our younger generation are? How do you think that will possibly work?
0: Well, very fortunately, amongst our public officials are also younger officers who themselves are digital natives and they are keeping an eye out for what's happening in the far reaches of the internet and also sharing with uh, other colleagues uh, areas that they think are concerning. But more importantly, I think the government has to be very open in engaging with a whole range of stakeholders. This could be groups of parents, this could be educators, this could even be uh, non-governmental organisations that have an interest on this topic, interest in promoting mental wellness, for example. These are all the varied sources of information that the government can tap into to understand online developments better. And then to also put the question back to these stakeholders, what are some of the ways in which you think we can you know, regulate this space and make it feel safer for everyone? So it's going to be a multi-pronged approach. It's going to be a very dynamic approach. You are absolutely right in pointing out that the digital domain develops very, very quickly. And actually around the world, there are not so many playbooks. It's not as though when we were building up physical Singapore. You want to know how to keep the road safe. You want you want to know how to make sure that the uh, buildings don't topple over. Yeah, many other countries have already introduced laws and regulation to ensure that physical safety can be you know, widely available. So you can study them and you can draw references. In the digital domain, there are far fewer playbooks and there is a fair amount of experimentation on our own part on what will work. So
1: I suppose on the online space, there isn't really that sort of one size fit all solution, right? Not at all. But well, if we go into the bill itself, you know, what I think what looms large for a lot of people will be that one million dollar fine. But Singapore will be taking it as a penalty of last resort. And unlike like you earlier mentioned, some countries like Australia and Germany, we don't have a 24-hour takedown timeline. Mm. Do you feel like we're being a little easy on these social media companies? And how effective do you think our measures will be given what we have discussed about the dangers of the internet?
0: If and when the IMDA decides that there is a piece of egregious content that has to be taken down, I can assure you that it will be a matter of hours that we will give the social media platform to comply. Now, how do we look at this matter of the penalty? It will have to be taken in context. You know, firstly, it has to be proportionate to the kind of penalties that, you know, imposed in other similar laws. But I think more importantly, what makes the social media platform successful? It is the fact that there are many users on them. And the amount of reputational damage that can be exacted You know, if a social media platform is found to have been too kind of unthinking in the way in which it carries out its systems and processes to protect the users, it has not acted, you know, in a sufficiently robust manner to deal with content that is flagged to them, you know, to be harmful, then I think the other users will take note. And if the other users then decide that this is really not a platform that they want to engage with so much, actually, I think that the damage to the social media platforms will be even greater. So I would look at it in that light. Thank you so much,
1: Minister. Minister Joseph Intio, it's been a pleasure.
0: Likewise. See you, soon.